Welcome back to the Why Hockey Free Agent Podcast. With me, it's Matthew Lichtenstadter. I'm Thomas Krulikowski. July hockey is no uh, hockey. I have, a, I have an idea. Purely this business. Is, this is... Purely capitalism. It's, uh, it's, it's different. Uh, my idea is that this is the Why Hockey periodically about NBA fans who hate the fact that the Warriors signed DeMarcus Cousins and are now actually going to try to become hockey fans podcast. So Listen. if you're here... If you're here and you're here because of that, and you're really sick of the Warriors winning everything all the time, please come to the NHL, where an expansion team can make the Stanley Cup final in its first year. And the team with the best player in the NHL is a flaming dumpster fire. Where the 2012 Devils can make the Stanley Cup, where the 2010 Flyers can make the Stanley Cup. You are correct. I was actually in an argument with somebody about this yesterday on Twitter, and... I... 2014 Rangers. <laughs> well, they're 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 not as bad as those other. Teams. I mean, they were just you know, Lundqvist on a heater. Or, That's uh, what about the 2006 Oilers? Okay, let's not get too far into the weeds. I, I guess I there don't think go. that team counts. There you go. That's gamemanship by Pronger, though. That's intangibles. That happens every year. You always have to count it, and you always got to lean that way. Intangibles, grit. And that's why he's guaranteed. The Panthers front office. Anyway, uh, though I was having an argument with uh, Twitter with somebody about this yesterday, and it stemmed from the idea that the NBA is so lopsided and it's re- and it's boring. And my, my whole line was, at least in European soccer, I have the Champions League, and I don't know who's going to win that every year, even if I know who's going to win La Liga and the Bundesliga and Serie A, not necessarily the Premier League. But, yeah, the NBA is kind of boring because the Warriors just signed a freaking all-star for $5.3 million to rehabilitate his career and – they're the best team in the NBA in a, by a million miles, and it just makes the league boring. It's like the, the soap opera drama is fun, but it doesn't make the actual basketball any more compelling. Like, I don't care because I know what's going to happen. In the NHL, he was saying, well, this is the opposite, the diametric opposite. And I said, you know what? Give me chaos rather than different path to same expected result every time. I know you're so- I know you're so bummed that LeBron didn't go to the Sixers. Now I think he's wishing he went to I the lost Sixers. A, I lost a few rounds of drinks. I lost a, a few little, you know, um, prop bets. Did you lose on Jeopardy, too? I always lose on Jeopardy. That's not new. Oh, I was, oh that was a weird reference to a weird Al song. Anyway, yes, the NBA is very lopsided. And if, if you are an NBA fan and you are very sad and depressed that the NBA is a fait accompli for the 15th straight year... Please come over to the world of hockey, and we will enjoy getting you into the sport and all of its great intricacies, and we'll have you booing Gary Bettman in no time. Please like my sport. Yes. Well, we're not going to make you uh, recite the career. Please add revenue to my sport. Yes, of course. Please get actual hockey fans who are famous actors to appear in award shows to make it not terrible. Okay. That bit will never, I told you that bit was never going to die. Regardless of this, I think that we should, without disparaging the NBA as much as we, as much as I do, I don't, the NBA is fine. I just have been bored by it. I never got into it. They're good in a lot of different ways. They're very progressive in a lot of other areas. They are are good at what the NHL is not good at. But the one thing the NHL is good at is making their product compelling because it's competitive. The NBA's product is compelling because it's a soap opera. The NHL's product is compelling because I actually have no idea who's going to win. And that's more fun than the Warriors and the Cavs playing for four straight years in the finals. To me, if you have a different opinion, fine. I'm not going to say that you're an idiot for it. I have always liked the idea of parody. 
more than, you know, competitive, excuse me, imbalances because I root for terrible teams. And in the NHL, the Florida Panthers can reasonably win the Stanley Cup. In the NBA, the Florida Panthers equivalent, the Memphis Grizzlies, have no hope in hell of winning anything ever. And that's not what's fun as a fan. Reasonably for Florida Panthers is actually the nickname of Luongo's grind. Or is it within reason, please stay uh, attached to other muscles and tendons in the body? Or how does that work? No, it's just, you know, it's just a flat joke. It didn't have to be 100%. I'm not implying anything. Well, if Roberto Luongo's groin is healthy, then the Panthers might actually be very good. Well, Yeah, he was one of the best goalies in the league last year in the small sample size for the second year in a row. Small sample size, that he's like. 39 or something it's so what's going to happen at his hall of fame induction ceremony and we'll talk about gary bettman getting inducted later trust me i think Tom hopefully it involves ovechkin like cup raises uh i i hope it involves stanley c panther in some way shape or form because i don't think i hope Pavel it involves palm a, i don't think pavel burry got inducted as a panther Hopefully, Roberto Luongo no, gets inducted no, as a Panther. So. That's the thing I'm hoping for, but I know it won't happen because he was playing on much better teams with the Canucks. We'll get to all of that later. I think we should go team by team with free agency. Quick hits on all of it, and we'll get to focus on some of the bigger stuff. This podcast is going to come dated as soon as Eric Carlson gets traded, and it hasn't happened as we're recording this. I'm fully expecting it to happen at, like, 11 o'clock on July the 3rd, which is when we're recording this, and then this podcast instantly becomes dated because that's always what happens when we record these shows. But we'll start with the Atlantic. The Panthers sat out free agency. This is the first time that they've basically ever done that, and that's fantastic. You should be sitting out free agency all the time, because otherwise you'll be giving four-year contracts to Antoine Roussel or five-year contracts to John Moore, which is incredibly bad. Uh, They did sign Michael Hutchinson. It was the goaltending position that they addressed, that they said they were going to address. It's one year, one way. 1.1-ish million. Apparently, the plan is for him to start in the minors. Then when they call him up, they call him up. and then they Well, he has to go through waivers. waivers, I believe, to get to the minors. So that's going to be iffy. Yeah, I don't think he survives waivers. I mean, it, at the beginning of the year, there's like that one day where everybody kind of either does like a secret backdoor agreement of like, hey, nobody gets taken off waivers. But it's like kind of the day where everybody tries to bury everybody through waivers at the same time. Um, and maybe he sneaks through it that day. But, you know, what happens if Wonga gets hurt two weeks into the season or Reimer gets hurt two weeks into the season, you call him up and then you drop him down through waivers again and he doesn't pass through that time. I mean, every he's still going to have to go through waivers. It's still a, all right, He's limited by how much he can help and contribute to the team as a third goalie and as a third goalie who has to go through waivers. But it's one year deal, so if you I mean it's a good oh well if you're going to give a one year deal to a third type of in between goalie, you know Hutchinson has the NHL experience and the AHL success uh, to warrant it. The problem is he's still you know 28. 29 uh he's has nhl experience and it's not terribly great 
Um, you know, what helps him out is that it was in backup role with Pavlich, and that was when the Jets were, you know, giving up a ton of goals and didn't have things figured out. So um, you can kind of look the other way on that, if you will, um, and, and kind of look at his recent AHL number last, last year and uh, his skill set and, and kind of see beyond that, which I think the Panthers are, and I, don't, I think that's a, a fair assumption. Uh, I think that there's still more to be done at goalie, if it was up to me, um, whether that's replacing Reimer with somebody else, replacing him with Hutchinson and adding, you know, another RFA goalie like John Gillies or um, Alex Lyon or, you know, the Rangers, the Islanders, the Flames. There's the Capitals have a few different goalies that, Lewis. you know, yeah, that are, you know, early 20s to mid 20s that uh, would be cheap that could play at the NHL and AHL level uh, and if you believe in their skill set and if you, you know they think you think they fit the system because my big issue with Reimer I think he's an NHL level backup goalie I think you know he's fine enough for a team I don't think you know there's a lot of backup goalies that got paid roughly three years three million and he's got three years 3.4 million dollars left so it's a tradable contract it's also a fair contract for his skill set but with me i think his his skill set his playing style both don't fit what the florida panthers want to do they want to play fast they want to have quick transitions they want to play high volume high event hockey um and i think with rhymer's rebound control or you know lack of rebound control um, they're trying to get him to put a lot of pucks more hard and fast out to where, like, the wingers would be at the point to try to start transition the other way. But it's, you know, I think his athleticism and how late he is in his development when he's trying to make that change is going to limit his effectiveness in doing that. Uh, but they're trying to change. I think they're trying to change the way the, the team plays. They pack the house more when he plays. They, um, they don't pressure as much. They're not... Um, you know, the gaps on the puck and on players aren't as tight. It's more relaxed. It's more zone defense than man-on-man if you want to make, you know, gross oversimplifications. Uh, with his playing sound, I don't think that's what Florida wants to do. I think Florida wants to always be pushing the play up ice. Uh, you know, he's not great with playing the puck. I'd, if You know, you're going to get a backup goalie who maybe doesn't have the top-end skill that Longa does. You'd at least want, you know, that athleticism, that ability to make those backdoor, you know, off-the-rush, three-on-one type saves that I don't think Reimer can make, and then also make the, you know, the big outlet passes, the get out of the crease fast enough to stop Bucks and help the breakout. Those types of things that Reimer, I don't think Reimer can do as well. Uh, if you can do that in a package that's roughly the same amount of skill and worth uh, overall, in you know, with a lower cap hit and maybe a better term or, you know, just one of those things, I think that's a better value overall. That's a lot of words about a player that did not move on free agency day, which we kind of expected that they would. Uh, you're right, the Rangers and the Flames need goalies in the Blues. We'll get to this when we talk about, I guess, the Senators, but I think that's a perfect landing spot for Craig Anderson. I know we had a, we had a long yeah. phone call Sunday mean, when I was driving back from a, an event I was doing, and we talked about the goalie market, presumably, as it was developing. And God, Craig Anderson fits perfectly in St. Louis. Because he will be there to pick up the scraps if Jake Allen falls apart. Because it won't be Chad Johnson. 
And the Blues are good enough to where they could be, with an actual good goalie, could be a cup contender. I think, I guess there's a place for Reimer there, but I doubt it. I don't think there's a great chance there's a place for Reimer in a, in Calgary because that's basically what Mike Smith is and that you'd have 11 million bucks in your goal with the Rangers. So I think it's more than likely that Reimer starts and that they kick the can down the road with Hutchinson until something happens and we'll see. But that's really all the Panthers did and that, that makes me happy because in past years they're signing players to free agent contracts that they shouldn't be signing. And now uh, they've basically said, all right, the rest of y'all can go out and have fun and hand out four-year contracts to Antoine Roussel. We'll just be over here enjoying Florida in July. I mean, I think they I mean, they gave Frank Petrano a good contract. Um, okay. I, I think... Decent. You know, they brought back Paul Thompson. I don't know how, how I feel about that, but they also signed Jacob McDonald, who's a 25-year-old D, who I don't know if he has any NHL potential, but he's good at the AHL level and will definitely improve the defense at the AHL level. So that's a good contract they gave out. I mean, they... that's, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about the AHL. We're talking about the Thunderbirds more than we're talking about the Panthers. Because that's is, what they did. I mean, that's basically all that they did. It was one of the first UA, UFA days where I really didn't think about my team and free agent mistakes or my team and what they could be doing at free agency instead. I mean, it's like, yeah, I guess Panthers could sign Anthony Duclair. Okay. Like, yeah, like they could, you know, trade somebody from the bottom six or move somebody out. But, like, you know, Mommin or Repo or, or maybe Hopwell or, or somebody else could, you know, roughly provide you the same value that's already in-house. Yeah. You, know, it's not, you don't really have to make that and move. And that's a good place players. to be. They would be trading players out. Yeah. Not bringing I mean, them. and it – it's it's funny because they are like 23 NHL contracts, but only just now 41 and uh, contracts out of 50. So they still have nine contracts to go, and they're just they're very, very top heavy. And it'll be interesting to see how they will be interesting to see how they take advantage of that at the NHL level, and then also how they try to fill it in from the back end at the AHL level. I apparently signed a bunch of players to AHL contracts who I don't even really care about. This is not. Yeah, I mean, some good, some bad. It's well, it's, it's, the AH, it's the AHL. It's not, the, the Predators signed Zach Ronaldo. You know, it, it's it's happened. obvious that the Panthers aren't going to do what the Leafs have done with the Marlies in Toronto. They're not going to do what the Flyers have done with the Phantoms in Philadelphia. They're not going to turn this into a big, robust. AHL team mm-hmm. that has you know a really full deep squad uh, with you know to do it yeah you no know, yeah with like you know the top AHL the c- career AHL guys and the top prospects and that kind of stuff I don't think they have the I don't think they have the desire or the ability to put the resources into the team like that I think that they want to do it on an efficiency scale they want to do it on a streamlined model where. You know, they do have a lot of Bobby Farnham's and Paul Thompson's and two-way contracts that are keeping the budget low. And, you know, just this, you know, spot of prospects here and there and hopefully avoid the AHL with their prospects. I think that's kind of how they're, they feel like they can best utilize their assets. So it'll be interesting to see if they can improve on the record from last year. I think their defense and their goalies are better. 
Um, it'll be interesting to see if their forwards are better. Center, I'd like to see them improve, but the wingers, I think, are a little better. So, again, marginal improvements in the NHL, I'll take it. I can't complain too much. No. You would find a way to, but you're not I mean, on, on Twitter, I'll tweet about it a few times. Oh, yeah, I bet you will, because we got to tweet about it. I already did. we got to tweet about something in the middle of the already got it on my system. All right, let's, uh, let's focus now on other teams, and I'm going to say this right now. So, reference this podcast next April. I am really, really, really wanting quite badly for the Florida Panthers to play the Toronto Maple Leafs in the playoffs. It is now number one on my list of teams I want the Panthers to play. And we went over these reasons before, but I've got other reasons now. And here they are. Number one, the Panthers, if they make the playoffs, they have satisfied the requirement for the season, and they would have no expectations once you get beyond that. I mean, of course you'd like to see them win, but I don't think we're expecting this team to win multiple rounds. Getting to the playoffs is what we want them to do. And if they play the Leafs, no one will expect them to win because everybody assumes that the Panthers are still run like by trash, which they're not. But it allows the Panthers to play with almost no pressure. I mean, you're in the playoffs and you play with pressure all the time. But when you're playing the Toronto Maple Leafs, this Toronto Maple Leafs team, there will be no pressure. Second, revenge on John Tavares for 2016. For that Islanders team that was really not that good and beat a Panthers team that was light years better than them and still lost the series which made me sick as i was listening to nhl network radio on sunday driving home and they were playing the uh highlight of the Tavares goal in game six in overtime and i'm sitting there thinking to myself that's the high point of the new york islanders franchise since i was born i was born in 1993 that's that's the only moment for the islanders that they've had that's been good since then it's crazy right nope. the panthers have won three playoff series since i was born the islanders have won one what can you say and then there's other parts of the Panthers that would be great if they played the Leafs because not only would they have no pressure, if they win, we would say, presumably, that hockey is over in Toronto. It's just done. You can't play anymore because the Panthers, this Panthers team that nobody really outside of the very small Panthers bubble thinks is any good, just went in and beat the John Tavares, Austin Matthews-led Toronto Maple Leafs, and they still haven't won a playoff series in that instance. And then, ta-da, we get to grave dance, not just on the Leafs, but on the people from Toronto who might have a thing with hockey analytics who seem to think the Panthers are run by morons when they're not. And then we get to grave dance. And you and I will absolutely be grave dancing. Possibly. I mean, in the in immediate aftermath, yes. Uh, but, you know, I think Toronto is... Definitely looking for consistent winning. So while Florida can win one series against the Leafs and have it mean the world, the Leafs, the way they're building and, and what their goal is, they would likely beat the Panthers more times than the Panthers would beat them. And, uh, you know, that one, that first win off the hop wouldn't really mean much. I do not they get more hardware out of I don't disagree, but... Here's my thought. You know what's going to happen once the honeymoon with Tavares ends. The media is going to get the knives out immediately, right? We know that the honeymoon is over in Toronto. First year they made the playoffs. Ah, the young kids made it. They played really well. They took the Capitals really far, and they gave them hell. And go Leafs. Last year... A little bit less of that, but there was still a lot of, oh, they're young, they're still teenagers, and they're winning consistently. That's what we like. Had a chance to beat the Bruins and didn't. Okay, they took him to seven. Now John Tavares is in town. 
the minute there's a three-game losing streak, what the hell is wrong with the Toronto Maple Leafs? And you know that's going to happen. And so the honeymoon's over. So if the Leafs, if they lost to the Lightning, I think there might be people who say, okay, it's Tampa Bay Lightning, right? They're really good. They can match up with the Maple Leafs. But if it's the Panthers, a team that nobody thinks is any good outside of our small little bubble, it's a disaster for the Leafs, and it's great for the Panthers. Who cares what happens after that? The Leafs have to win this year because we're going to look over their cap situation. They've got a lot of cap space now, but most of that goes away when you consider William Nylander needs a contract. The next year, Austin Matthews is going to make something starting with 11. And once the cap space goes away, your window for winning is going to be open, but the ability to maneuver in the way that they can maneuver right now, it's not there anymore. It's very good points. Very good points. I think uh, they at least have the luxury of having so many prospects, having so much money that they can buy their way out of problems um, that if they play the cards right, they might get themselves enough time or enough chances to, to get it right enough. Um, and that's kind of the luxury they have versus the Panthers where, you know, the Panthers don't really have <laughs> they have thinner margins, I guess, is the simplest way to Yeah, they do in that sense, but they do not have thinner margins when it comes to a possible playoff series. The only two... Th- and the pressure that you were alluding to. Yeah, the pressure for know? the Panthers this year comes from what I hope Dale Talon and Bob Bugner and everybody inside that organization are saying, which is, hey, you know these teams that everyone's talking about, three best teams in the league, some say Bruins, Leafs, and Lightning? Uh, you know the you guys are really good we think you're better than them and i think you know you're better than them too we've seen it you can go out and beat them go out and prove it and that's got to be their internal motivation all year right mm-hmm. the internal motivation has to be hey Tavares and matthews ta-da barkoff and trocheck hey stamkos and point look at these guys who are breathing down your neck hey patrice bergeron look at this guy breathing down your neck Like, that's great motivation for the Panthers every single time, and they get to play them 12 times. It's motivation every single time that they go out saying, we want to prove that we're better than them, and we want to prove that we can beat them all, because they can. They're a really not terrible hockey team that in the right situation could beat them. So I think it's great motivation to have those three good teams in your division because you're going to get multiple chances to prove that they're better than them. And you know what? They've got the kind of players that I think are going to relish the chance of proving that. They've got players who want to say, hey, we're here, and you better take notice of us. It sounds like you weren't surprised Tavares went to Toronto. When I look back on it all now, I could say that I'm not, but I am because I didn't expect John Tavares to want to go into that pressure, right? Maybe it's because he's the first of the Ontario boys come good. Oh, I'm from Mississauga, and I'm going home, right? I slept... In Toronto Maple Leafs sheets with a Phantom Menace alarm clock. Why aren't we talking enough about that? That's a big issue that I think we, we must explain. But later, later, that's in the Star Wars portion of the podcast, which will take a minute. It's right after the World Cup portion. Right they'll the jump. They'll jump. They, they, can't, they'll, they'll, they have a worse defense than the Leafs do. Uh, anyway, the thing with Tavares going to Toronto is I know why he did it. I, I can see why he did it. Not many players get to go home, which... Sorry, Flyers fans. If that happens now with all NHL players, that means Shane Gossesfair is coming home. 
Sorry about that. It's just how it works, right? I guess it, I guess it balances out when Austin Matthews leaves to go play for the Arizona Coyotes. I, I don't even know if it was so much. I mean, I think at the end, you know, kind of after he made his decision or maybe it kind of helped him go through with his initial feeling. But I think, you know, looking objectively at all the options on the table, Toronto is the best for him financially. I mean, nah. his to his legacy. I, I think financially because of his opportunities. Even with the, even if he just gets one cup or just gets close to a cup and just puts up a lot of points with the Leafs, it it will give him so much opportunities mm-hmm. after he retires to make money. Well, this is true because you are playing in Ontario and you're not. I mean, the same and it, and just and when you're in, San Jose. and you know, being a Leaf, your premium goes up. I mean, you're more likely to get into the Hall of Fame. Not that I mean, but you know, if he doesn't win a cup. It well, might he come down to being a Leaf. He's guaranteed to go in the Hall yeah. of Fame. But if you if you don't if you if you don't have a cup and you want to get into the Hall of Fame, you best be a Leaf because it makes it a lot easier. Or have, uh, you know? It's, yeah, you know, it does. I think that there's. There's a lot of that too. I think that, you know, it is a great place to play. It yeah, is. and it, I think it helps grows his legacy. It, it helps a lot of. I think you know, overall, I think it was. I mean, I think Boston was intriguing. I don't know if that got as much attention, and I don't think it was applauded enough that you know, three years ago, two years ago, we're making fun of Boston for their decision on their three draft picks in the first round. Now they're almost going to the Stanley Cup. They got a bunch of young players it's that are sense. good. They gave and... a five-year contract to John Moore. Okay, yes, but move. But before that mm-hmm. happened, they were in the running for Taveras. You know, they were one of five, five teams to get an invite to talk to Taveras over That's Philadelphia, over Montreal. You know, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of teams. Vegas was a would... big one that we missed, but I, I'm surprised it wasn't Vegas, but. Regardless of all of that, Kings, you know, there's... Well, the Kings have no money. They've they've spent it all already on old people. So maybe they gave Dowdy that much because they knew they were out into theirs. You never know. I get. Well, I doubt that, but you never know. The whole thing with the, the whole thing with the Leafs now is here's my thing with with Toronto is they still have issues defensively. They're going to fill out their lineup with a lot of Grundstroms and Callie Rosens and players like that, and they're going to be good. And they're going to need to be good because eventually the Leafs are going to be, even the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to be the cap situation where they're going to have to maneuver like that. There's just right. no way around it. And that's fine. But the idea that the Leafs are going to win the cup with the blue line that they have because what the Penguins did a couple years ago, you can even argue what the Caps did, although the Caps had John Carlson, and he's better than anybody that the Leafs currently have. I mean, let's well, just... I, no, 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 no. I think Morgan Riley is better than... John Carlson. I would disagree with that, but let's not get okay. caught up in the world. Well, Toronto, Toronto fans, please know that I stuck up for Morgan Riley in this instance, and do not come after me. This is and what, what, what I would I would even me? make the argument. I would even make the argument, Jake Gardner. I would not make that argument, but whatever it is, the Leafs have to upgrade their defense core. There's no doubt about that. I think they're I think they're fine down the left hand side. It's the right hand side. It's you know, Gardner, Riley, 
McDermott is fine. I think they have a bunch of lefties and, and in the next system. Year, that Darner fine. needs a new contract, and how much is he going to get paid? I mean, Garner, if you can turn Garner into a right-handed defenseman of similar bouts, yeah, I mean, that's not bad. Like, I mean, like, eventually, yes, Lilia Green will be there. You know. Lilia Green's the right D, so that, that helps. Yeah, but he's not going to play now. I mean, like, they're going to be fine. They're managed really well. I'm just saying that there are reasons to believe that they won't win. And this is a very good time for them to win because they have the flexibility to win before Mitch Marner needs a new contract and Austin Matthews is getting paid something with eight digits. It's going to be a year in which there's going to be expectations. And to get back to the original point, I, I think that for Toronto this year, I don't know if they're going to win or not, but the pressure is going to be on them to win. There's no doubt about that. There's no honeymoon anymore. Like, you can argue, I guess, now there might be a honeymoon, but that's going to end really quickly. And that's what I was surprised that John Tavares wanted to go into in that sort of pressure. But with all that being said, I mean, you can't argue that they're one of the best-run teams in the league right now. And if there's any place where John Tavares could go and win considerably all of his eight years and be a cup contender every year, it would be the Leafs. But Yep, and, then, and I think that's the biggest point. I mean, San Jose's old. probably maybe gave him a better chance this year and next year. But not um, for now. Yeah, but, you know, they could – their window closes. from now with the lockout, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> inevitable, right? Because he's getting paid everything but $7 million of his contract and signing bonus. Yeah, something like that. It's it's roughly around or more than $70 million in, in, in bonus money. And and you don't – Of 77. The NHL goes to the Board of Governors. Gary, Gary Bettman says, hey, everybody, can we not sign those contracts with all those bonuses in it? We don't want people thinking there's going to be another lockout. Why would they ever think of that? Then John Tavares gets 70 of $77 million in signing bonuses. What are you guys doing? Who can I get angry at? Do I get angry at Bell or Rogers? Anyway, uh, so that's first, that's... first podcast since they announced Hall of Fames. Thumbs up, Willie O'Ree, about time. Thumbs down, Gary Bettman. Sitting commissioner does not look good. And also... You can't put yourself in the Hall of Fame when it's already when people are have been talking for three years now about the lockout, the other lockout that you've you called. There was going to be a lockout in 2013. Like, I mean, let's be honest. Like, is that is that building the game, Gary? Well, Gary, we'll you can answer me. The, we'll get is to that the that end of that. Building the game, Gary. We'll get to the and Gary. Gary's right He's now trying trash. to trash. Uh, we'll get. His legacy is so bullshit. Anybody would have expanded. Are you down uh, Dave Lozo? Expanding the NHL. What a what a genius thought. You are Dave always- Lozo. Anyway, before we get to you being Dave Lozo and me being Greg Wyshynski imitating Gary Bettman, let's talk about other things that happened around the NHL and free agency. We'll just do quick hit stuff, talking about signings and, and the like, and eventually comparing it back to the Panthers. Yes. Uh, the Lightning... Gave out not great contracts to J.T. Miller. I'm more okay with that than I am the contract for McDonough. The contract for McDonough is really, really bad. But, I mean, I guess it'll look better once Dan Girardi's not playing uh, for the Lightning anymore and Braden Coburn. And good players are playing, but it's not a good contract. And it's not one that I would have given out. But And you you don't like the J.T. Miller contract a lot of, either. I'm more okay with it. I, I just... 
I wouldn't re-sign somebody to that contract. If it, that was JT on an offer sheet or JT as a UFA or, you know, you traded for that contract, it's, it, I just, it's a little rich for my blood to trade. I think he's more on the third line than the second line of the spectrum. So, I mean, I guess that's, that's why if you disagree with that, if you think he's a second line player, that, I think that's a fine contract. And he's got the age and he's got the potential on his side where Ryan McDonough has, you know, injuries and miles on his negative column. And that should be considered, uh, you know. And I think why would you sign that contract when Tampa should have been focusing more of their time, money, and assets into Carlson? I think that's way, way more of a better fit. That's that's where you throw your your money in. And whether it's 2 or $3 million more, I think it's, Overall, it's a better million worth. in cap space next year, but ten of that's going to Kucherov. So, eh, we'll see. They don't have right, I think he's 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 more worthwhile because I think Carlson's like a possible top three defenseman of all hedge? time. You want to hedge on perhaps if you're the Lightning, like they tried to get Carlson and it didn't work, so they got McDonough. Therefore, wouldn't you kind of hedge on like you know what? It's okay. We can we can win without him. I mean, yeah, but they would obviously they would win with If you him. can win without Carlson, you can win without McDonough. You don't need to sign this deal and kill yourself. I mean, this is I think Eisenman saying, I'm not gonna be here all seven of these years. I do not care. I'm back in Detroit already halfway through this conspiracy contract. Conspiracy theorist. Conspiracy theorist. I, I mean what, 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 I'm okay. only, quick I'm question. Only, quick question. I'm only ripping you. off of, you know, Canadian Everyone. media at this point, who've already pretended they've scooped it uh-huh. you know well okay final question of the lightning jt miller and his contract or mike hoffman for the two years irrespective of off the ice stuff hoffman 100 okay 100 even Boston. even though you had to give up assets to get him okay well they had to give up assets to get jt miller too so true but i'm just saying jt miller without the assets and hoffman contract and the assets hoffman contract and the assets if we're not counting off ice stuff yeah if we're not counting off ice stuff we're counting off ice stuff probably jt JT miller that's what i would say too but anyway bruins a couple of guys like chris wagner that's very bruins five-year contract for john moore is hilarious it's a terrible idea but then again tory krug's only making 5.25 Who was the other team brilliantly bidding up Boston, knowing that they were going to always be the last team? Your New Jersey Devils. (laughs) The playoff caliber. That would be a that would be a a fog shearer move. I don't know if that would be a Ray shearer move, but uh... yeah, it's a terrible idea. I mean, John Moore's not not awful, but I mean, at least next year. They'll, they'll, but, but, I mean, McAvoy's going to get paid something with an eight, probably. So that contract for John Moore is going to look worse in the coming days. They also signed Yaroslav Halak, decent uh, at a backup. I'm still surprised they haven't yet traded for Jeff Skinner. I think that that's a good place for Jeff Skinner. But as we record this, that hasn't happened. If the Bruins trade for Jeff Skinner, my opinion on them changes in a big way. I think that they could really be a true cup contender. I don't think they're a cup contender as presently constructed. But... It could be a true cup contender if they got Skinner. I don't think that would be anything you disagree with. I mean, they'd, they'd have to do yeah, some great accounting, but... I thought Skinner was the better move than Nash at the deadline. I thought that's what well, they would have went clearly through. clearly it was the better move. But, Unless uh, it the Rangers. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, but, they've got you plenty know, of young players that they can trade. They've got draft picks. They've got capital. I think the Bruins would be willing to do it. I don't think that he fits the Harvard-Boston... 
whether it's the Harvard Boston or the Lunchbell Boston, the Southside Boston. South Side. I, think he, um, I mean, either, either, I don't think he fits in either. I think Andy Brickman or Jeff Skinner. I mean, I think they'd like him, but I don't know. I, I feel like they there's always going to be somebody that they're going to get instead of him. True, but I, I think that that fits. But I'm surprised Skinner yeah. still hasn't been traded yet. Uh, yeah. Montreal, I mean, hey, Thomas Wilkanitz will at least get them a draft pick at the trade deadline next year. Well, I mean, he gets to use all those Montreal turtlenecks he kept. So. Yeah, he does, at least until he's traded to the Blues or something. Who knows? When that, when that <laughs> right. I mean, that was one of – I think there was two contracts that I thought were signed, and I could just see them already being dealt, and that was obviously – uh, the Thomas Vanek in Detroit one, yep. and then you know, the I thought Volcanic Montreal. I think him signing Montreal, realizing the situation, knowing that he could play there for three fourths of the year, get another kick at the can at the playoffs, um, and maybe anybody. Yeah, and maybe you know, coast those first three quarters of the year. Let's be honest. If we know made, that somebody will trade for him regardless. Oh, I mean, yeah, whether it's as a 13th guy or whatever, and that's might, might, might just what he's looking for. Like, he just wants to get a couple games in the playoffs and, and just be involved in the in the playoff push rather he's than... 25, he's not terrible for that. In the, in the, I mean, no. I think he is, but okay. I, oh, a lot of teams... You can trade for worse. A lot of teams, yes, and a lot of teams will think he's worthwhile and, and will go get him. Um, Otherwise, I, uh, they, they'll be better than they were last year, assuming Carey Price is healthy. But they still have no centers, and they still have no idea what they're doing. And no centers. Yeah. So they're, they're going to be bad. They're going to be bad. Surprisingly, Max Pacioretty hasn't been traded yet, even in spite of Eklund saying he's 100% getting traded today. Uh, he hasn't been traded. Uh, you know, Eklund, Jimmy Murphy, rumor break, hockey insider, you know, all those all those guys. It's Mike all that is – it's all common sense stuff. It's all misinformation. It's all actual scuttlebutt. It's all whisper down the lane things that have been exaggerated. And there's no filter applied. They just tweet everything out. They just say everything like Ooh, it's look, the same. Look, I have sources. Stuff. Right, yeah. And it's... You, great. It's great. It's great, but, you know, don't let it move the needle on your emotions no. if, you, if you pay attention to Max it. Max Pacioretty will be traded. I just don't think it's going to happen right now. Maybe it happens at the trade yeah. deadline. And, and, you know, maybe if you, 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 you take in all the information, you can suss it out and figure out what's bullshit and what's not. But, you know, just don't let it affect your emotional yeah. state <laughs> day to day. You know, Something like, like, oh, that. no, we're getting patches. Oh, yes, we, you know, we aren't so, getting. So how about now, next up, we have the Red Wings, who gave Jonathan Bernier three years, which is interesting. I'm we also sure. got uh, Harry Sateri and they Wade did. Megan. And Wade Megan. Yeah, so former Panthers. They re-signed Thomas Vanek to be traded at the trade deadline, which is smart. Like, I don't really think there's anything that bad that they did. I mean, I still expect Andreas Hatha to see you to get dealt because he doesn't I do, too. There. I do, too. I mean, I think... That would be a if you good look, addition for anybody who can make it happen. If you look, if you look at the Tyler Bertuzzi and the contract um you know 1.4 million i i think that shows that they are going to play him that they you know they do you know they don't think that him coming in at the end of the year and and, and looking good was an aberration or you know just kind of garbage garbage minutes performance they they really believe in it so i think you know he's one of the few 
out of Detroit that I think are going to be out there. I don't know if they've picked necessarily the best guys to keep and move out, but I think that they've done enough. Well, they still have a good terrible contracts to get off their books, and they're going to take years to do that. But, I mean, hey, they drafted well. They right, took, so they I think, took yeah. Good players, so, I mean, I, like, you I, can see what the direction point, is. Detroit, just further back in their rebuild than other teams are. Yeah, at this point, Detroit just has to get the big parts right. Uh, you know, the first... I don't know if this is the first year of the rebuild, but it's you know it's the early stages. The, of the really early stages, like within, next year, and that's like when, at the deadline. At the deadline, gone is Gus Nyquist. Gone is Vanek. Um, I, I mean, that's pretty much it. Then next year, not. I mean, your your UFAs are like Cronwall gets off the books at long last. Jimmy Howard's contract is off the book at long last, and they're one year closer to all the other terrible contracts ending. And so they're getting closer. And if they if they draft well enough, then they're going to be okay. They haven't. But if they're really bad and you can get Jack Hughes, I mean, Michigan boy Jack Hughes, to be your number one center, then, then they're in good shape. But it's going to be some painful times in Detroit because of that. The Bernier contract's fine. I can understand yeah. why they do that. Because they're, I, no, they're not bringing Howard back, so only for one year. What, what was the Holland contract? Did he I sign two years? A, I thought it was a couple of years. Was, and you, was and you, and you think years. they're clearly greasing the wheels for Steve Eiserman to return. And I mean, I would believe that more. Well, let's I say, think if the, I think uh, what they're doing, they're greasing. I think they're having Holland go from to the end of the rebuild, finish do the last all the dirty work, and then leave and clear the floor for the new GM for the easy win. So whoever they have to be the handpicked successor for Holland gets goes off to a rousing start where they're climbing up the ladder and you know he gets a he gets those early year bumps years from now but i mean i think you know i think that's kind of how they want to do it i think that would be more of a detroit way of of doing it they'll they're going to be bad they might be a great contender for the lottery uh they will be a great contender to win the lottery but they are not the worst them in they're not the worst team in that division uh let's let's go o'reilly trade with the Sabres. Let's talk about the Sabres end of it first. Uh, okay. I, I'll, we'll get to the Blues end of it because I really like the Blues now. I think that that's a very interesting team. But, I mean, Berglund and Saboka are NHL bodies. Really, what this, what the, Blue, uh, what the Blues did was get a great center. What the Sabres did is become an NHL team. Like, for the last couple of years, they have not been icing NHL rosters. Say what you want about Berglund and Saboka not being very good, but they're NHL players. And while on the Blues, they might be dead weight, on the Buffalo Sabres, they are an NHL group of players. You know, along with them and Jason Pominville, who will get traded, and then guys like Scott Wilson and Connor Sheary, they're NHL players. Like, they're not terrible. And this team is going to be built around Eichel and Middlestat and Darlene anyway, so there's no need to keep – I understand why they wanted to trade O'Reilly. Like, next year, you could trade, like, Beaulieu and – McCabe or some of these guys, if you want to trade them, you can get assets. You've already got three first-round picks coming in next year. You've got your number one defenseman. You've got your top two centers. They're further along in their rebuild than Detroit is, and I understand why they made the trade the way they did because they've gotten more, yeah. But to be honest, like the, the Buffalo Sabres have become an NHL team. They have become a team that is going to be competitive most nights and is probably going to get 75 to 80 points, which, let's be honest, for the Buffalo Sabres, that's an improvement. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's um, pretty accurate. I think with Berglund and Saboka, it's more about who they're replacing. Because you think about who Boston, or you know, who Buffalo would usually get to fill veteran 
bottom six defensive minutes, veteran, you know, scoring top six minutes. Who are the guys they plug in? These are guys who, when you plug into their actual spots, you know, they plug into Berglund on the second line of the league. They plug in Saboka, fourth line C, or even third line C. Or, you know, it's going to make a big difference compared to, I mean, can you even name who is fourth line C? No. Like, like no, you look or... at their roster and you look at, like, Sam Reinhardt will resign, then you add Dali, and it's like, that's going to be an NHL quality roster. It's not going to be good, but they're going to beat good teams every now and again. And they're going to give some their run for their money. I mean, Carter Hutton's going to be fine while Linus Olmark gets ready. That's okay. Like, they're going to be an NHL-quality roster. Yeah, That's got, all that they, they need to be. They got good goalie prospects. They, they got... just need to be an NHL team while the young players mature, and then more of them come down the line. They're going to be that. You know, I don't think they've drafted amazingly well, but look what Jason Botterill was left to start with. I think he's building up a yeah. solid roster. And that's... That's my end of the, the Sabres trade, and also getting Connor Sheary. Again, solid NHL players. They, the, the Buffalo Sabres needed NHL players, and they have them. And the Ottawa Senators are a complete flaming dumpster fire, and they're going to screw up the Carlson trade. And yeah, they don't have a first-round pick. And but they least, did least, sign uh, Paul, Paul Carey, Carey yeah. who, um, is not you know. Is not good at hockey. Paul Carey? Yeah. I like Paul Carey. Oh, Jesus. I, I mean, I think he's... He's the type, I don't know if well, he's, again, I mean, he's going to be an NHL player on the Senators, but yeah. he's the guy I wish, you know, was playing for the Springfield, Springfield Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds. Well, at least, the, at least the fun next year, you'll be able to watch Philip Schloppik. You'll be able to watch um, uh, Thomas Shabbat. You'll be able to watch Brady Kachuk. You'll be able to watch some young players on the Senators next year. I mean, they're all going to be taken. Yeah, I don't want to watch Brady Kachuk. Well, okay. you might not want to, but other people would. Um, Magnus Payarvi for the win. Well, I mean, as I said, like the trade deadline at February. Drake Batherson could play. Yeah, he could play too. Like, like the Senators are going to be awful and they'll run terribly, but they might have awful. interesting young players to play along with the old scrubs that they have. I'm, I'm saying that this right now, the, the trade deadline next year could be really interesting because there's a lot of good players that are available. Matt Duchesne being one of them. Doesn't he pick them right though? Does he? <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, let's go. Let's switch over to the Metro Division. Uh, the Capitals lose Jay Beagle and then sign somebody who fills the Jay Beagle role at $2.4 million less of a cap hit. So good on you, Caps. I'm okay that they kept Carlson and Kemp- the Michael Kempney contract is good because now that Kempney's playing with real defensemen, like he's going to be really good or at least fairly solid and he's going to be in good shape and the Capitals are just going to plug and play. Like I don't know what they're going to do. We're here just, for just winning a cup, those contracts are fine. I totally agree. Yeah, like – Here's the other thing about the Capitals. I have no idea how they're going to play next year now that they've won. I'd like to think that that organization is going to be a lot freer to do all sorts of stuff now that the cup stuff isn't in their head anymore. I mean, I don't know how that's going to play out, but they're still a good team for a couple of years. They're in pretty decent shape, and I think they've worked their offseason pretty well. So, yeah, I mean, they signed Michael Scarborough. NHL ice time is good for me. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Uh, Oi, oi, oi. We're waiting for the Nathan Walker day with the cup, and that hasn't happened yet. But it will. It will. Uh, how about the Penguins? They got rid of Sheary and Hunwick to sign Jack Johnson to that five-year contract, which is bad. But the way that he burned the Columbus Blue Jackets out the door, does that make the contract worth it? I – wait. They signed Jimmy Hayes? They did sign Jimmy Hayes. Who – like, I think this has been – Terrible offseason for Pittsburgh. Zach Trotman, 
Matt Cullen at 41, even though you wouldn't sign him at 40. John Hughes, Stefan Elliott, Jimmy Hayes, Jack Johnson. Well, somebody has to play in Wilkes-Barre. I mean, like, they, they picked Brian Rust over Connor Sherry. I would pick Brian Rust over Connor Sherry. No, 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 absolutely not. I, I just... Connor Sherry playing in Brian Rust's spot could drive a line. Brian Rust couldn't do what Connor Sherry could do playing with Sid. I would see people that would disagree with you, but I, I, I mean, listen, they've got Crosby, they've got Malkin. If Derek Broussard plays decently, they're going to yeah. be a cup contender. Doesn't matter. Yeah, what I don't disagree. I mean, I don't disagree with that, but for, I, I was, I was thinking Jimmy Rutherford. Oh, I was thinking they were going doing pretty Sheeter good, but this. Traded. Once they traded Sherry and Hunwick, I was like, are they going to get Jeff Skinner? That was my first thought, and they didn't. But you know, this is not the team that's going to end the season. I don't know. I, I feel like. Pittsburgh was doing so well for a couple of years, and I was just really disappointed by um, a little bit by their draft, but more so by their July 1st. Like, this is just not the Pittsburgh I, I thought they were or they, they have been the last couple of years, and yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's, that's life, but, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll still be really good, and I would still expect them probably to win the Cup. You know, right over, right over in in Columbus, I thought they had a a decent year. I thought they played, they got Riley Nash, but they paid Riley Nash less than I thought he was going to get. Yeah, so I, I think thought that's going to get more too. That's a good contract. Um, here's the problem that they have: Artemi Panarin does not want to be in Columbus. Is that a is that a problem if you can maximize the trade return? Well, that's the thing. Like, as the trade, I think that's actually a blessing. I think I think that's a blessing. Um, like I think I hope they can because I like Artemi I think that he's the type of player that's not long for the NHL. Is not long for a team. You know, he's he's fine moving for money. He's fine going back to Russia. He's fine. You know, I I I, I think he's just fine doing what he wants to do. So. You know, I'm also would be fine moving them and getting stuff back from. But I also think he's one of the best forwards in the NHL. You know, he is. And but I, I think, think that there's a. Well, well, here's the problem. Like, they, 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 they if they gotta move them because they gotta get the assets. And also next right. year, next year they got a lot of cap space. But Zach Wierenski needs a contract, and that's gonna cost a lot of money. And then they're still paying a billion dollars to not very good players. I so. think. They just got to keep drafting well. Um, I would like to see them maybe fit in another center somewhere. Um, I don't. I still think Dubois is a winger. Uh, you know, yeah. when he hits, when he hits his full stride, now, when, you, to get the most out of. Now, do you so think I, they're going to be in danger of missing the playoffs? Because I think they could be. I mean, I think they're bubble, and it could go either way. Um, you know, I really, I just. It's Columbus. I'll shout it out since we're talking about it. Tommy Cross, Westminster Martlet, getting <laughs> leaving, leaving the Providence Bruins and, and oh moving over God. to Columbus and, and playing for their AHL squad most likely. But good on you, Tommy. I'm a big Westminster boy. I know a lot of guys I played with went to Westminster. And, uh, All right. So, so there's my Tommy Cross shout team. out. We skipped the team. Are you just not wanting to talk about James Van Riemsdyk? Oh no no we can we can talk about Philly. I mean I just wanted to start with Columbus because yeah. we're right in Pittsburgh. You know. Yeah I know. Well, considering John Tortorella had a nuclear meltdown about it, which was funny and made it interesting. You know what? That was exciting. I don't like John Tortorella, and I think most of his answers are bullshit, including what 
his rant was bullshit. And, and, you know, I know I'm the type of person where people think I would respond the exact same way, and I, and I might have. But uh, I, I think it would – I would well, look back on well, it. let's be honest. The Pittsburgh Penguins have a winning culture. They've won two cups in the last three years, and the Columbus Blue Jackets have won as many well, playoff I series think, as the Florida Panthers have. I think you got to know whether you know you're right or wrong being that defensive comes off really bad when the other team is the Mario Lemieux, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, three Stanley Cup, you know, dynamo. Yeah, like you're just not – I mean, that's like going up to the early 90s Penguins and talking smack to them. Like, they don't know what they're talking about. Uh, Ron Francis completely disagrees. (laughs) True. Well, at least it'll make those games this season between them interesting when – the Blue Jackets send somebody to take Jack Johnson's head off. I mean, sign, <laughs> sign me up for some goon out uh, between the Blue Jackets and Penguins when they first play. You know what? I think Jack Johnson would just be happy someone's going for his head instead of his wallet. Oh, oh, I, I wasn't doing that. Okay, uh, James Van Riemsdyk to the, to the Flyers. <laughs> uh, I, when I told you about this move, you thought he was going to the Panthers, and I was like, no, he's going to the Flyers. Well, I, would have I mean, not been as sarcastic when I told you that if he was going to the Panthers, I would have been scared. But I mean, okay. here's the here's the thing with Van Riemsdyk. I know why he got seven million in five years. He's going to score goals. The Flyers don't have players that just put the puck in the back of the net. He doesn't really do much else. But for what the Flyers need, I understand why they did it. I don't think it's a great contract. I don't think if another team signed that deal, it would be really that good at all. But. Like, you can see why the Flyers are doing it. They have a plan, at the very least. As much as it pains me to say that the Flyers are good at things, I don't really have great memories of the Flyers in my childhood. But uh, they have a plan. And here's the thing that I find really crazy. They still have 14 million something in cap space. 14.74. And, and, and you told me that Ron Hextall says they're just planning on filling all the rest of the roles with within, which is like... Geez. I'm not sure that they aren't under the radar going for Carlson. I would, again, I think that they should. It would be really smart for them to do it. I and I think they're one of the teams that can do the sign and trade that could, you know, sign him to an extension that's, you know, pretty big. I mean, the Flyers and got can trade prospects that they could give to him. I, I yeah. don't disagree. And suddenly the Flyers, if they got Carlson, you'd start to think of them as a legitimate yeah, I don't, contender in the East. I don't, like, I don't know if they're going to be the final team, but I think that, you know, if it goes to, like, final five or six, like Tavares, I think they can easily be a five or six, you know, final team. I mean, team. like, right now the Flyers are not a bad organization to go to yeah and i could easily see them not being involved whatsoever either i mean like they like i'm okay with ron hextall doing either of those things like they will just promote their guys and they're going to give them a chance to play they're going to win they're going to win and be patient but if some of the young players take that next step forward then they could be good now they still have problems in goal and they still have problems with coaching but i mean ron hextall is doing pretty much everything right and I, I the big think question they, for them is Wayne Simmons, is what do you do with Wayne Simmons? I think, well, I was just about to get to that. I think what they realized was, okay, with how much cap space we have, with where our prospects are and everything, we need someone who can be a top six goal scorer right now, and we can afford to pay them. And it can either be Wayne Simmons or James Van Riemsdyk. And I think they either decided that Wayne Simmons – that negotiation and that bidding war or, you know, was going to be too much. Whereas Van Riems like maybe wasn't going to be as much, um, or, you know, the term was going to be shorter or, you know, 
Win Simmons has no has trade protection now. I don't think he'd want to lose that trade protection. Whereas James Reinsdijk doesn't have any trade protection. Yeah, uh, like he like Ron Hextall doesn't give out yeah. no trade no moves. And I, and I Crazy. think and I think that you know JVR's style of play, it's much more likely at thirty five or thirty four. He's a player you'll still want to have around or, you yeah. know, sign that next deal or, you know, finish the current deal. Whereas Simmons plays, you know, he's not huge. He's he's wiry. You know, he's strong, but he's, you know, he's skinny and lanky. He's thin. He's And he plays a much harder mm-hmm. game. I, I don't know if it's going to translate. I hope it does. I love watching him play. I, I believe in it. I don't know. If, Someone will you know, want him. Someone if it, will if, easily if, want him. If you put, if you put, you know, both of it. If I could have either of them at five years, seven million, I, I maybe do lean Wayne Simmons just because it's a type of scorer that I don't think the Flyers have in their prospect pool. Where I think the Flyers have a shot at another man named Stein. Uh, I can, I can see that. But whatever the case but, may be, yeah. the Flyers it's a good are. Move. It's a good. The move. Flyers have been talk. smartly run. They'll promote young kids who will play really well. And then, Giroux's happy about it. And yeah, I mean, he had a crazy good season last year when everyone thought he was done. And next year they're going to have what thirty something million in cap space, and they lose Terra yep. and Simmons and Raffle and Wheel, and then only one more year of Weiss and Andrew McDonald, and then you're starting to be like, uh oh, they could really do some stuff. That's why I'm saying I, think, like, I agree with you on the sneaky destination for Carlson could be Philadelphia. My feelings is with Simmons if they're in a really good playoff position by the trade deadline. They're going to keep him and lose him for nothing or trade him for, you well, know, a third round or whatever. So it's not as if right, like, yeah. they need to trade him. I think, I think what they really want to do is give, I think they really want to win with JVR and Simmons this year, if possible. And, it's going to be know, hard to do it because this team is poorly and don't have goalies, but they could still win. I could see the, I could easily see them winning something. But I think, you know, Hexall realizes that they, for some reason, have the prospect pool, the cap space, and the flexibility that if they're in a position and on a, and, you know, on a streak heading into the trade deadline, that he can, he can roll the dice. He can go with it where, you know, maybe that was Ed Schneider's rule every year is that every trade Uh-oh, deadline roll the dice. to announce. Oh, hit me. Calvin DeHaan, too. Where do you think he went? He ended up. Calvin DeHaan, Dallas, Montreal, or Toronto? None of them. Florida? Nope. Philly? Nope. Vancouver? Well, I, I would be funny if it was, but no. Colorado? Nope. Vegas? Nope. You're not going to guess. You're not going to guess. The fighting Tom Dundons. Carolina, eh? Carolina. And what do you think the contract looks like? This, five, this segues in nicely five, so we can talk about the Hurricanes. Five years, six million. Five years, six million. Uh, I hope you're sitting down because that is not what Calvin DeHaan is being paid. He is being paid 4.55 over four years. 4.55 over four years. All right. Okay. That's a really good deal. I mean. That's really good for him. I wanted Calvin Calvin DeHaan on the Panthers for almost that. Almost that. Almost. I wanted that. for three for five. Okay. You know, like three three years for five. Well, they still haven't yet traded Jeff Skinner, and they still haven't yet traded Justin Falk, but that's a really good contract, and when you think that they did really well with the trade 
Do they have a center? Do they? They do not have centers. I I understand that they don't have centers, but and that's why we're honest. so gun ho at the Panthers because they have two top end centers at under ten million combined. I know. I, I I completely understand that. Listen, they need centers and they don't have them. I hope that they trade somebody like Jeff Skinner or or Justin Falk to a place where there are centers and they can get some. But I have to admit, as much as I'm not the fan of how Tom Dundon is operated, I have very bad flashbacks. Like, the way that the team has been structured and the things that they've done, they're not bad moves. Like, on paper, they look good. I would say it's... There's some moves I really don't like. I didn't like the Brindamore coach hire. I thought that was really limiting. Um... I it's, thought it's, the GM hire was really limiting as well, far no, as someone GM that's going to... The, the GM hiring is Tom Dundon. Well, we, I think... We know that. I think he just hired a... He bought a Rolodex, I think is what he did. He bought Waddell's Rolodex and Waddell's connections. Yeah. But, like, think about this team going forward. Even if they trade Skinner, you're going to see Nakash. You're going to see... Yeah, I just don't Andre know if they're going to be good in the two to no, two years until then. Three years until then. I mean, but, like, I have to say at least this. They, their moves are not bad. Like, you want the Hurricanes to win. I want the Hurricanes to win. Like, they could easily be competitive for, you know, for Jack Hughes. But they could also finally make the playoffs. But they have no centers. So, like, that's a problem. And they still have no goalies. But they, they make smart moves. None of the moves they've made this offseason were bad. They've made smart moves all around. It's just that they don't have enough smart moves still in them, I don't think. But are you surprised that the Han signed with Carolina? I'm a little surprised he signed with Carolina. I'm, I'm not, just because as a defenseman, I would want to go and play with a team that has like right a, now, young like forward, right now, a young right, forward group and yeah. a defense that strong, because I know I would never have a bad partner. I'd yeah, always like have right support. Now, what, would, what would it be? Brett Pesci and Calvin DeHaan as your second pair? That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, like... It, whether he's on the first pair, second pair, third pair, whether he's playing right or left, because, you know, like, I think that it would be one of the funnest D pairs to be on. Carolina's going to have a really good, fun very, I mean, you know, the they're, gonna, they're probably going to lose TBR and Falk, but they're going to... I don't think that really matters at this point, because they've got enough young defensemen in the system that huh. it doesn't matter too they much. they still have five defensemen who are top four quality. Yep. So, good on you, Hurricanes. I hope you make moves to get centers and other good players. I mean, signing Morazic's interesting. It's, because I think, I think it's just centers. Yeah, I think you can, if you can focus on getting one more good center by the end of the year, that's what Carolina needs. Well, I think that trading Hannafin and Skinner might get you that center. Well, Hannafin's gone already. Well, I meant to be, okay, Falk. Forgive me. You know what I meant. Yeah. I, I got them mixed up because they were Americans and youngish anyway. Yeah. Should we talk about a team that lost Calvin DeHaan and needs to tank very badly? The Islanders? I don't really want to talk about them. I want to... Okay, we won't have to talk about them that much. Here is my, here is my ammo for the Islanders. Listen, listen to me. If you're the New York Islanders, and I guess you're already doing this because you've got Matt Martin again for reasons I don't quite understand, be absolutely garbage this year because, draft expert, isn't the draft loaded with centers this year? I mean, the draft this year is much better than the last two years, well, I would say. The, the prize at the top of the draft for is centers. potential franchise center. The first two, I think, yeah. And, like, there's a potential— And better than, better than his year, better than Patrick. Like, 
Better you know, more Miami, obviously. Yeah, I mean, it. it I know Taylor Tyler more sense. Are we talking but... best centers in the draft since Austin Matthews? Is what we're talking about. I guess, yeah, because there hasn't been good centers since that draft. Well, At the top, we're talking end. about some of the. What was the? What's the name of the Finnish guy? Have we looked that up yet? Oh, which has some of my memory here. Yarko, what's his face? No, I'm. I'm just kidding. Second, second coming of Yarko Rutu, as I joked about it. But whatever it is, the case may be for the Islanders. Tank! Be bad, because if you get Jack Hughes, suddenly down the middle for the decade, you've got Jack Hughes and Matt Barzell. I'd take that. I know that they have a lot of awful contracts on their books. At this point, they just have to make the cap floor. Uh, they signed Robin Lehner. Perfectly acceptable, disposable goalie on a one-year deal to prove himself. You know, if they're terrible this year, and they're going to be terrible this year, and you get Jack Hughes, suddenly the we lost to Varis and we're burning his jerseys doesn't seem so bad anymore, does it? Because now Jack Hughes and Matt Barzal down the middle to build your team around, that's a pretty good start to a good hockey team. And they have some young players as well. I mean, they drafted Oliver Wallstrom. They drafted Noah Dobson. They still have Kiefer Bellows and some other young, interesting players. They could start to fill in the pieces around them, and it would look good tank this year islanders and also the other thing that they need to do this year and this is why i'm saying the trade deadline is going to be really interesting the trade deadline is going to be interesting because everly could be traded anders lee could be traded and i bet somebody's still going to want val philpola because teams were going to want somebody like that so that's all assets they could have multiple first round picks multiple prospects out of their pool if lou plays this right and the islanders just flat stink this year and they get a top three pick could be in some really good shape going forward and this losing Tavares thing won't sting as much so tank islanders tank as much as you possibly can what's the name of this finish center i think the finish center is somebody different the finished winger at the top end of the draft is capo kaka that's a tps he's a right winger and then the center is henry nikonen he's probably gonna go like top five top eight so think about, but think well, about there's, like the, there's another there's a Canadian center Ryan Lavoy who plays for Halifax who's like yeah, six foot about him, and he's probably top five as well. So there's you're probably gonna get three centers top five. So again, if you're bad, you're probably picking in the top five, and you at least have it. You could get maybe a number two center, or if you get lucky and you get Jack Hughes, you've got two perhaps number one centers with him and Barzell. Raphael Lavoy, what a name. That's a great name. We're September, getting into really good September, hockey names. September 2000. He's almost at the end of the birth year mm-hmm. for the draft class, and he's already 6'4", 195. Yeah, I, I think some teams are going to be salivating over that possibility. He was, anyway, 30 goals, 33 assists last year. No big deal. Nothing. I think, again, the, the draft is deep at centers. Islanders, tank. There's no reason to be good this year. And based on the fact that you gave four years to Leo Komarov and you got – Matt Martin back. You are planning on tanking, so good on you, Lou. Maybe you're a step ahead of all of us. Uh, the Devils and Rangers did nothing. Uh, the Rangers are still sneaky for Eric Carlson. I think they should be involved in it, but apparently I was reading I, today that it's Dallas who's most interested. Yeah, I don't. I, deal. I think I think the Rangers are kind of deciding whether they want to go for it, a, like do a quick doing, like they're, one they're year two thing. thing that they're doing. They're go all in on young players. Yeah, so I don't. I don't know. I think they could pull off a trade for Carlson if they wanted to. But I don't think so. I think they're going to move Lundqvist and they're going to stay away from those. They're not going to go for that. 
And the Devils did nothing, so there's the team that the Panthers will replace in the postseason next year. Anyway, uh, shifting over to the Central, we've been running a bit, but we'll, we'll speed it up a bit as we talk about uh, the Ryan O'Reilly to the Blues. Uh, the Blues are a really interesting team to me, Tommy, and uh, I want to get what you think about this. O'Reilly, Shen, Bozak as your top three centers. I think that's pretty good in the Western Conference, no doubt about it. Last year, they didn't have any Robbie Fabry. They signed him to a one-year, basically, a prove-it deal. Uh, they still have Jaden Schwartz. They still have Vladimir Tarasenko. They have Robert Jordan. Thomas next year. They could have Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo. They've got decent young defenders. Like, if the Blues get a goalie, which is why I'm saying they should be the team that trades for Craig Anderson, because Craig Anderson's hot and cold, but if you get the hot Craig Anderson, then are the Blues cup contender? Like, I think they could be. This, yeah, I mean, I think... There's a lot think, of promise here. I mean, Reimer's style, whether it's Reimer or a goalie like Craig Anderson or, like, those type of technical goalies who, you know, they block a lot of shots and they need a really good decor who's good at picking up rebounds, moving them out safely, the you know, keeping the shots to the outside. Down. You know, yeah, just just a decor that, that's very familiar with each other that are, that, that, that are you know, everything's efficient. There's no breakdown in communications. They're, they're just very good and very efficient. Any type of goalie can slot in and play. So I think you just want to get someone that's, you know, would fit that style. And I think Reimer, Anderson, I mean, I think there's a, a few goalies that they can get. Um, I wonder if Brian Elliott would want to come back. Um, I don't know if Philadelphia would be willing to get rid of him, but they have Neuvirth, they have Elliott, they have Lyon, they have Stolarz, they have Hart, they have, you know, even more prospects behind them. I, I would be, I wouldn't think they'd object to Elliot going back to St. Louis if St. Louis was calling saying, Hey, we'll fly. Him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like if the blues get a goalie and they can get some of these young players and that includes Robbie Fabry to play pretty well. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the blues somehow become uh, a pretty uh, in vogue favorite for the cup in the West. Like the, the, the central's brutal. It's, it's what but, Chen can do. Can if Chen be a really good second line center? Then they can absolutely challenge right. the West. Yeah, if he could play like he did last year, now knowing that he's not getting the top matchups every night because O'Reilly's going to get him. Yeah, I mean, and that's contender. that's the big thing. O'Reilly's the type of guy that you wanted to get for Shen because Shen's kind of a two C who plays like a one C, and O'Reilly's like a one C who plays like a two C. Just kind of how most traditional coaches use their lines and centers. Uh, I mean, I hate it too. It's stupid, but yeah, um, but you know, just like the way the way it's kind of matchups are done and, and that kind of shit. It, it you know, I I, like I think it team. works perfectly. I, like I don't think it's as flashy down the middle as the Central's used to. But I think I it gets think the job done you gotta, because you gotta go they're good the on the wings. They're good on the wings. You gotta be. You gotta be strong down the middle like that, and it doesn't have to necessarily be flashy. Right. I mean, yeah. Like, no, I think they get the job done, and I think that is Ryan Winnipeg. Before you continue, is Ryan O'Reilly better than Paul Stastny? My answer to that is yes. My answer to that is yes, but I would, if you'd rather take as an 18-year-old prospect. I take Sassy. I, I think, I guess, you know. But, you know, I, I don't think it's anything that crazy. But the Blues, but yeah, I, I, I think like they've that. done really well this offseason. And they have the sneaky potential to be really, really good. So, I really like and, the And it helps that, you know, Winnipeg lost Stastny and they didn't Winnipeg really replace yep. I mean, 
yeah, you're hoping Jack Roslick, who's looked good in the AHL, who's looked pretty good in the NHL, will step up. Adam Lowry will step up. Maybe, maybe you can even get Brian Little to step up a bit too. But uh, I, I think there's definitely a hole in center, uh, yeah. and especially if Matthew Perot's on the way out instead of sliding back from the wing to center, which I think maybe is the best move. They've got some real concerns now. They've got to re-sign all their RFAs, and they will, but next year they've got the big question about Blake Wheeler. Like He's on 5.6, but he's going to be 32 when that contract ends. I don't know how much money I want to give him. And remember, Line Aid's going to get something that starts with an 8 or a 9 at the very least. So they're going to be in cap hell for a little bit, and they draft really well. Oh, Line is going to be in South Florida. He's, he's, he's holding out for his Fortnite partner. Come on. Uh, well, you know what? We can, we can only hope. We can only hope. Like, they're going to be really good next year, uh, the, the, yeah. the Jets. We know that. But I don't know how good they can be because they just have some weaknesses at center now. And I, I well, don't. I mean, they're a team that is very good because they were getting a lot of their production from ELC contracts. A lot of their top-end skill was from ELC contracts. Where their issues were is on, you know, the higher end of the pay scale and higher end of the age scale. Uh, and I think... busted. Myers is up next year. Yeah, and I mean, you know, so if they can kind of... I mean, I know they want to get out of Matthew Perot for the reason that he's 30 and he costs $4 million right now. But, I mean, I think if they could maybe move out some D, keep Perot because they need centers and they could cut some D. Because, uh, you know, Troop is going to ring the bell this year. He's arbitration eligible. Uh, Morrissey's not arbitration eligible, but, you know, he's going to have decent bonuses with, you know, he knows he can put up points and he'll, he'll probably have some, you know, decent, you know, point-laden bonuses. And they don't have as many young prospects as they have had in recent years. So... It could be in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, I, I mean, I still think they're. Yeah, I mean, I still think they're a cup contender this year and, and next year. I just think that they have to keep working. I mean, I think it was kind of like what Nashville was like two years ago, three years ago, where they were starting to come onto the scene and they, and they, you know, if they had a bounce go their way two or three years ago, they could have been in the Stanley Cup too. Um, but they had to, you know, keep adding. They had to keep taking some of the dead weight out and plugging in, you know, via trade and via draft. And, and promoting young guys, they had to plug in some more skill. They had to, you know, fill some more holes. And I think Winnipeg has to do that. You know, we, we talked about that one center spot. Uh, and then, you know, just cutting out some of that dead weight on defense and, uh, you know, hoping that playoff run from Dustin Bufflin and down the stretch was, you know, not just, uh, you know, looking to the past, but is, you know, kind of him figuring it back out again. Cause, I would say... You know, it's possible, but uh, now Nashville did nothing except sign Zach Ronaldo. Why do NHL oh. teams consist to give him jobs? I can't stand it. But Peter Laviolette. Yeah, oh, he'll definitely play him. He played Harry Zolnerchuk as the uh, uh, the Predators nearly won the Stanley Cup. So well, every Ronaldo's coach has play. like six guys on speed dial who could play in the yeah. ECHL any night, and they can play in the NHL they too. It's ridiculous. Uh, well, more more Ellie Tolvin in this year, please. But then the big question is right. what happens with Kevin Fiala's contract next year and Ryan Ellis's contract too. Like this is a really important year for Nashville. Kevin Fiala used to in his draft year would have just one strip of tape, just like horizontal on the bottom of his blade, and that was it. 
Yeah. And he used to just, you know, it was just a sauce pad. And he just used to put saucer passes. And that used to be all he would do is just go down the wing, pull up, and do a sauce pass. Or, you know, drive wide around the net and do a backhand sauce coming around the net, like, into the slot. Like, he just loved doing it. And I think he's one of the most creative, underrated playmakers in the league. And he's the kind of guy that I would offer sheet or I would, you know, target to pull out of a team, you know, and, and squeeze a team, like, that's deep and that has a bunch of, you know, too many pit people need to get paid issue like Nashville. Because I think he, he's, well, he's somebody that you could build around. After this year. Twenty-four yeah. million in cap space, and that should be enough for uh, Ellis and, and Fiala. But at some point, somebody's going to lose, and but I, I think I, I just I think don't know if it's going to be this year. Right? They're obviously a cup contender this year. Too, I mean, Foyle's still very active in the trade market. <laughs> that I just cap don't know space. What else you can trade? I mean, he's got picks in case he needs it, but <laughs> the prospects not quite there anymore. But they're they are going to be a cup contender. It's just a matter of whether they could get the goaltending in the playoffs. That's going to be the biggest story. If they forward. can keep Yuzi Saros. They will. They're going to keep Yuzi Saros. To, I, I assume the next to, year Pekka's going to walk. He should, he should have been their starting goalie this year. He, I, he should be the starting goalie it. next year. He's, I, I, he's got to be a good starting goalie in the NHL because this guy is fantastic. If he was two inches taller, he'd already probably had some Vesna votes. I, I guarantee it. Because he's just so athletic. It tracks the puck so well. So, I mean, it's, it's like it's like watching Pecorino. Yeah, well, a younger Pecorino that doesn't completely crap the bed in Game 7. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, I think those are the top three teams right now, as we mentioned, Nashville, Winnipeg, and St. Louis. Last year, Minnesota made the playoffs, and then they just handed out contracts to my pick for Adderin. My pick. I think that they could – you know what I'm thinking right now? If no other moves are made, and they will be, I'm looking at them potentially finishing last in the Central. I think there's a lot of good teams, and somebody has to finish last. Last year, we didn't get any coaches fired during the year. Bruce Boudreaux could be the first. He's at least on the short list. And he and Dave Haxtell and Tom McClellan no, are all there. no fault of his own, yeah, I don't new, think. New management. I mean, maybe management. some fault, but, you know. Well, possibly. But, yeah, new management. Uh, I, I just – they signed Eric. I mean, they're all not, like, the worst contracts in the world, but there's rumors that they want to trade Zucker and Coyle and Niederreiter, and it just – what what is their future? What is the I, future of, of the Blues? Uh, the, not the Blues, I, mean, I should say, because they, they have the better The coach. Blues is the future of the Wild, it, it looks like. Um, uh, well, uh, you know, I like I like the JT Brown signing, you know. I, 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 I think, think that'll help, but they, they don't have enough guys. I just like JT Brown. Um, well, I think I, he's I like, too, but... I, I mean, I think like, they have good prospects. I like Luke Coonan, I like Joel Erickson Act. I, I, if they can ever get Kaprizov over from Russia, it'd be dynamite. I don't think... I think they were trying to move Charlie Coyle and or Niederreiter to get rid of Ennis, but then decided just well, just bite the bullet and, and bought him out instead. Uh, I think the the two people I think could move is Spurgeon and Brodine. Um, I don't know why they brought in Pattern and, and they got guys on their roster like Saucy and Sealer and Olsen and Crosler, who I think are like, you know, all right, they're, they're NHL players, but, you know, it's a bunch – it's like it's like Columbus, who had you know just a bunch of seventh and eighth defensemen. It, it doesn't really make sense when it's your fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth. I I don't think they're going to make the playoffs next year. I know Bruce always makes the playoffs, I, but I don't I, think, I think he's yeah. making the playoffs. 
I know. I mean, if I had to pick I, a I team really in like, Central that's going to fall off, I think it's I think it's Minnesota. Like, I like okay. a lot of the pieces. I think that they have a good framework, but you know, they 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 went all in on Suter and Parisi, and then they didn't get it done, and then they haven't been able to transition out of that totally just yet. I think a lot of it is Kaprasov didn't come over. If he came over when he should have. I think they, you know, it's like a Panarin situation where it's, you know, it's an extra 80 points and they're probably fine. Because um, I think the D and goalie have been there for the last couple of years. It's just the offense in the playoffs. Haven't. Yep. Uh, next up, well, the Blackhawks signed Chris Kunitz. Is Chris Kunitz the, like... And Cam shot? Ward. And Cam Ward, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, Chicago's one of those teams that, you know, it's both moments are there. They probably... How Having a Stanley Cup play year this game year? matters to them. How it many matters. young players play this year? Does Boquist play this year? No, 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 no. I think he goes back at, at least one more year just because um, he didn't do too much Liga. I mean, or not Liga, the SHL, the, the top Swedish league. He didn't do, you know, he was more junior. And uh, I think he still has some, some pounds to put on and, and some more of the defensive reads. I think he's, he needs to like dial back some of his aggressiveness, but they, they've got a lot of his like, talent. Yeah. You, you think his talent is NHL ready? I just don't think his decision making and game processing skills. They have some just awful contracts, the Blackhawks, and signing Brandon Manning was also bad. God, they're they. I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were I mean, last year because Corey Crawford is going to be healthy. Cap friendly right now. I mean. We, we used to, we, last podcast we joked about the Panthers being top of cap friendly. This podcast and we're on top of cap friendly with ten forwards, one of them being Marion Hosa, who's not going to play, who will be LTIR'd, and then the extra like it's it's not good. Like I don't think they're making the playoffs next year as well, and you got to start asking big questions about that organization. What but. I think Chicago should do is move Artem Anisimov. I, for, I think you could turn him into two decent pieces for a team, Perhaps. and I think. You know, the, we, I mean, I don't know if you want to give St. Louis a center or, you know, well, Nashville trade. that extra center. You know, we talked about a couple teams needing centers. I don't know if they, they want to give the team the last center they need. But, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a piece I would try to move. I, I mean, everything else you can't move. They just like Brandon Manning. As I said, what the heck's the point of that? I don't know. Anyway, I, I could see that. Now, and the stars, I mean, listen. Nachushkin's back. That'll definitely help because they need secondary scoring in some way or another. And if uh, they can get Carlson, as mentioned. If they get Carlson, then that changes the dynamic what, of that division when a you, lot. When you look at their roster on paper, what's the one thing or one name that jumps out at you that you like, all right, this has to be addressed? I mean, Klingberg's good, but they otherwise don't have good defensemen. But then you add Carlson, and you start thinking, you've got Carlson, and they can start to play hopefully the way they played when they won the Central and they were awesome a couple of years ago, and you add Carlson to that mix, you got yourself a really fun hockey team. Yeah. If the I mean, Stars I, can pull it off. I now, think I don't think they can, but if they pull it off, then we're talking like – Again, we're talking the four or five best teams in the West are in the Central Division. Like, that's yeah. how crazy it could be. Like, we, you could say that the three best teams in the East are in the Atlantic, and then you would be talking the four or five best teams in the uh, West or in the Central if, if they could pull off Carlson. I don't know if they're going to. I still think it's Vegas, 
but if the stars could get Eric Carlson, then we're then they're in some real yeah. fun. Because look, because because like next year the awful Spezza contract comes off the books. I mean, Sagan's gonna get a pretty substantial raise, but there's nothing that terrible. Klingberg's still signed for three years after that, and everybody else is like fungible. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the biggest thing is you look at the defense. It's Mark Thoughts coming off. Hopefully, he's gone. Uh, Roman Pollock's coming off. He's gone. Klingberg. Klingberg, I mean, Lindell's decent. Honka's should be better. And then how about Miro Heiskanen next year? Yeah, I mean, I think Heiskanen maybe even plays by the end of the year, and that's maybe somebody, you know, you're hoping that you don't have to address your trade trade deadline. You know, yeah, you get Eric Carlson this, you know, at the beginning of the year, and then you get Heiskanen at the end of the year, and then you're good on D for for a good bit. I like Steven Johns. I don't know if he's anything more than a third-pairing D. But you got you kind of have that locked in and settled. So then it's just about finding guys who can play with Stephen Johns, which is you know it makes it easier to figure out which D to pick, which D to get rid of, etc. So good on the stars. The, the they definitely look better than last year. I'll tell you that. Yeah, well, they with be. the coach. I mean, I, I thought the coach. I, goalies. I thought last year they they literally just wasted a year last year, and they chose to waste the year last year. I felt like and. Uh, whether it was because they felt like a year of growth was better to attack it this year, we'll see. But uh, you definitely have to be more excited as a Stars fan or somebody who wants the Stars to do well. Yeah. Uh, the, the Colorado Avalanche, they signed Matt Calvert and Ian Cole to bad contracts. I don't like those deals at all. The Grubauer no. move was fine. But let's be honest, they could have the number one overall pick next year and it wouldn't matter. I mean, so, yeah. I mean, the only good thing about Colorado is Nathan McKinnon, Nico uh, Rantanen. I mean, they've got good young Jack players. Hughes. And then you possibly add Jack Hughes to that. I mean, you could say call, uh, Kale McCarr and some of their Kale other McCarr, players. yeah. Screw, screw blah, 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 blah. But, but it's really, it's really just like two players and the possibility of another one yeah. coming in the future. Yeah, it's yeah. it's all very bad there. Pacific, I like Vegas signing Paul Stasny. I think he's going to help. I don't know if he makes anybody else better, but they couldn't come back with the same team. And if Paul Stasny's a decent second-line center, let's assume they're not breaking up Carlson, Marcia, so and Riley Smith. Right, like, but I think he's their best center. And yeah, I think I, I, well, that, that's a big add to them. Getting, that is going to help them out center. a lot. I, I, still, I mean, if you get Eric Carlson with that team, you, you really do change the dynamic. Like, I, I think that you can't expect them to have the same season that they had last year. It's not going to happen. Um, the, the thing is, can they get – I mean, they lost James Neal, but if you look at the contract he got from Calgary, it, it, you no understand. There's no reason that they, that they should have signed it. Um, but can they get a winger for Paul Stastny to get the puck out of the zone? Because while I really like Paul Stastny as, you know, his IQ and his playmaking and his puck skills – uh, he's 32, and he's never been that great at skating the puck out of the zone or, you know, facilitating the breakout. Wingers, let's be honest. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, it's just like, can they find that? Can they find some wingers? Like, right now, what's your second Stastny? line? It's it's Stastny, uh, Alex Tuck, and Thomas Tatar? It's not great. <sighs> yeah, I mean... Yeah, that's what I mean. If you could, I mean, I think maybe Hall is the type of guy because I think Hall is a guy that can skate really well with the puck and win a lot of board battles. So then you're thinking if you can get Halla and Stastny together and throw them with somebody, you know, like Tuck, 
and you'd maybe get a good second line that you know is pretty even with your third line and you know and, that's what Vegas they still was got a billion trillion people. dollars in cap space and no worries about the expansion draft if they get Carlson obviously a lot of these points become moot but they're 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 going to be fine I, I don't know if they're going to be as good as they were last year but they are certainly a playoff team and right now nobody else has really separated themselves in the west still a lot of moves that can be made uh the Ducks just signed dudes including Luke Shen that's a very Anaheim Ducks move that they made. Like they're they're gonna be a Randy Carlisle. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, they they have you know they they are on the precipice of like the wild. They're on the precipice of falling off into oblivion a bit. Because I mean, it's I how know. longer can Ryan Getzlaff keep up with the pace of play? And Corey with his Perry feet? and broken Ryan yeah. Kessler, who's got four years left. Yeah, but and I think it's uh, he barely played. Yeah, but I think I mean I think. Everything goes as Ryan Ketzlov goes in Anaheim. And I, I think, you know, as soon as he falls off. They gave three years to Carter Rowney. Why did they do that? Yeah, but if they do a pretty. Or An- Anaheim, when they make mistakes, like in free agency, or is where they usually make mistakes. But, and a lot of teams do. But they get, you know, guys like Andre Case. Andre Kasha. They, yeah, they got Troy Terry. Terry. You know, Kasich, I know him from his, his brother in the in the Flyers prospect system, but I mean, they get guys who are good hockey players and great, you know, above average in all their skill sets. Maybe they don't have anything that really stands out and they're, they're not flashy, but they can play fourth, third, second line. They're, they're athletic. But their core is getting really, really old. Yeah, and, and, and I think they... they you know, Murray has traded for his core and drafted around it. And it's worked for him. And, you know, they, they've gotten a lot of playoff revenue out of it, but only one cup. They're, they're on the precipice like the Wild of falling off a bit into oblivion. And yeah. I, I think that's it's close. They Sam Steele. Sam Steele is going to be the key. It is, you know, he was, after his draft in the WHL, he was like a bat out of hell. So if he can do anything like that in the NHL, it, it, it might make the Ryan Kessler, Ryan Getzloff stuff fall off a little okay. easier. Kings, I mean, I I was just listening to Puck Soup before we recorded this, We're, and I, I, the, the, the Dowdy contract, what do we think about the Dowdy contract? I, I think you have to sign Dowdy. There's, if you lose him, you're going to look like an idiot. And I know it's a lot of money. I know this team is locked into a lot of contracts, some of them terrible for a really long time. But the LA Kings without Drew Doughty are a garbage fire. The LA Kings with Drew Doughty and Andre Kopitar, even if they're not as good as they were when they won cups, are at least a team that can make the playoffs and maybe fluke their way into doing something. Like, you can't let Doughty walk. It, you cannot let Drew Doughty walk. Yeah, I mean, if Drew Doughty is willing to sign for seven years, eleven million after winning two cups, or eight, oh yeah, eight million, eight years because hometown team, uh, you know, and you're already paying Dion Phaneuf and Alec Martinez, you know, nine and a quarter between the two of them, you, you got to do it because you know if you're stuck with Dion Phaneuf and Alec Martinez, you need a type of defenseman who can do the work of three defensemen on his own. Because uh, he's gonna have to uh, like, with that cap hit. Old, who they have around? They have major issues. Like I don't know how well Ilya Kovalchuk's gonna work, but like if it works, they're, yeah, they're I gonna think, be a decent team. Yeah, I think. I mean, the Dowdy and the Kovalchuk contracts aren't gonna be what's gonna kill them. It's gonna be 
the it's Pinoff, else. it's gonna be the Kovalchuk, it's gonna be the Justin Brown, Carter the Jeff. Like, yeah. I mean, I think like, the Carter, I think the Rip, I think they'll get pretty clean on the Carter one. I mean, even when that was signed in Philadelphia, I mean, everyone knew just the way that Carter played the game and and what his skill was versus Richards. That you know, out of the two deals, it was the Richards deal you were always worried about, and you know that's kind of proven to be correct. Well, it definitely did. But they're yeah. old, and it's a big yep. concern. But Jeff Carter is 33. Just and he's uh, still playing well, though. He's got you got to give yeah. him credit. So the Sharks didn't get John Tavares; they yep. just signed all of their guys to contracts. And uh, they probably had to pay Couture and uh, Thornton more than they probably would have if they did get Tavares. Couture went eight over eight, which is fine for Logan Couture. He's older, and I know why you signed that contract. Joe Thornton signing up for five is not a bad idea. I think that's pretty no. good for him for the one more year to go to try to win the cup. Yeah, I mean he's he does one year deals anyway, so and you know the term I mean, like, was never the big thing is, is Pavelski. Like, what do you do with him? I'm not giving him a long term contract at all. Well, I mean, thirty four. What I would have done is gotten rid of Couture and Pavelski. Uh, I mean, I've never been a big Couture fan. I like the, the the biggest issue is I I don't think he's a first line player with his all-around game, and I think his injuries make him undependable even as a second-line player. So to go 8 over 8, that's a stretch for me. Um, I don't think it's that bad. I mean, I don't think it's bad. I just don't think it's good. Hurdle uh, got a decent contract. I thought the Hurdle contract was good. They didn't have Joe decent. Thornton basically all the year, and yeah. they are absolutely a cup contender. I mean, they're a cup contender this year and next then as the players get older, then there are problems. But this year and next year, they have a chance to win the Cup. I don't think big, there's any doubt about that. Two big players for me this year are Timo Meyer and Kevin LeBanc. Yeah. Uh, Kevin LeBanc put up a lot of numbers in juniors, and though he's he was unheralded. He's been good. So is Chris Tierney. Good. And it's just about can he take that next level. And with Timo Meyer, it's, you know, he's been really good with, I think he's gotten enough shots off. I think he's learned a lot but it's just can he turn it into goals can he start putting him in the back of the net i, I think That's they, what they also have a little bit of worries on the back back end you know of like their 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 third pairing at d like braun and dylan are fine i mean i think i mean i don't know what to do with their d i like tim heed i don't know what i mean he's a older guy coming from europe so i mean his value is kind of limited but i i, I don't know what the the Vlasic contract and the Burns contract worries me. Yeah, they, they both they work. got a lot of bad contracts. Don't they more worry me the in the future than their D now. I think their D but, for but, this but, year but, and next but, year. Right now, we're talking about these next two years. Yeah, so I, think the year, the I think their D is fine for that. I mean, I, are I mean, they the best team in the West right now? Because they have the fewest questions. Like I, I could think say they're the top Blues. I think the Blues could get there if they get a goalie. But right now, and I mean, the and Golden Knights would be there if they got Carlson. But they are really good right now, and I'm really intrigued to see if the Sharks team can do it. Because I think the West is open for them to possibly do it. I really do. When going into the season and, like, on paper, I usually, for the most part, take out goalies just because you never really know what a goalie's going to well, do at the end except, of the season. Except for the Sharks, I, I, you can't discount the fact that they have a really good goalie in Martin Jones. And then they have one of the better league backups yeah. in Arundel. But but in my opinion, Martin Jones versus Yuzi Saros going into the season with the respective teams they have is break yeah. even. 
it's a wash, it's but just, they're still one of the best it. teams in the. But, in the I mean, West I think I think it's going to be yeah. I think Nashville, San Jose would probably be my two picks, but I probably lean Nashville still. I would lean Nashville still too, but they've got some playoff stuff in their heads that's a little concerning. Yeah, San Jose's lived with playoff, was born with well, playoff yeah, stuff but, in their heads. But, but they were, but they overcame that when they got to the final. The Predators, did they over? Did know. they really overcome it when they got to the final? I think, so. I think so. I don't know because they didn't do that great since they've gotten to the final. All right, let's go to other teams. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes are the Buffalo Sabers of the West. They've made a lot of very solid NHL moves. I think in 2018-19, they're going to be an NHL team. Problem is they don't have a lot of other stuff. Like I don't like Michael Grabner, but Galchenyuk was a great move. I really like Alex Galchenyuk. They, the, they re-signed Jalmerson for two years at $5 million. That was great, and they re-signed OEL. And OEL's contract is 8.25. It's slightly more than Carlson, but he's a better defenseman than Carlson, and it's nowhere near the top stratosphere. And that doesn't hamstring them going forward. Their goaltending is obviously an issue. I mean, Ronson Kemper isn't great, but they're going to be an NHL team, and they will have the potential to be good if they get young players to take that next step. You know, if they could get semi-decent seasons out of Kruger, Grabner, and Ponick, and they can elevate Galchenyuk, and you can get more from Clayton Keller, this is not a terrible hockey team. Like, they're like the Sabres. I think they're better than the Sabres, just in terms of on paper. I think they're better than the Sabres. But I don't think there's a way they make the playoffs, but I think there's a very strong likelihood they're better than the Oilers. A hard, hard team to gauge for me. Almost I, gauge, when I when OEL signed, I laughed, and I was just like, like, what are you signing for? Like, what are you getting? Like, what are you looking forward to? Too. Like there's not I mean nothing here and and you know it, it's looked a lot better since the Galchenyuk trade but like OEL signed a, a pretty long contract for I thought a home discount I thought he could make more than eight point two five. Oh, he would have made it on the open market, but and and he's got no trade protection. Why? What are you doing to yourself? Like you know, in three years this team could still suck and you're gonna want to you're gonna sit there wanting to pick your team. And not hope that Phoenix or Arizona, you know, honors what team you want to go to because they can pick all thirty other teams or thirty-one at that time. Yeah. You know, they could, like they, it, could, it, they could they could ship them to the Seattle East yeah. Direct. And you know, I think their D's good enough for this year and next year. I think that you know their D's bubble playoff worthy. I think their goaltender, you know, Antiranta's decent enough. Kemper's decent enough. You hope he turns into Cam Talbot. I yeah, guess. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I think their team's decent enough for I next year. I worry about playoffs, that. But I could also see a universe think, in which they get Jack Hughes. I think that they're better right now, but I think that they've lost some of that future luster. I think that they're, they traded in potential for a better immediate product. They and tried that, and it didn't business. work. Now, you hope they play the way they did down the stretch. Because they started so poorly last year, but we'll we'll, we'll see. I, I yeah, want we'll the Coyotes see. to do well. It's like yeah. it's like you want the Carolina Hurricanes. I to do want well. them to be able to attract new ownership. <laughs> and and yeah, I'll tell you that. Okay, so. now we go to the teams in Canada, the Canucks. What the hell are they doing? Why why are you giving out long contracts to Antoine Roussel and Jay Beagle? I mean, I guess I guess they're tanking to try to get Jack Hughes in their hometown draft, but boy. They've got a lot of just not good contracts with like Brandon Sutter and Roussel and Beagle and it's all ill. Now now the thing is Do they have is, one top line four? Brock Besser? Yeah. 
And that's on what, 40, 50 games? Yeah. I mean, like, I like, like, they've got some interesting prospects. You 62. Know, Pedersen, Jonathan Dolan, Yule Levy, if he ever gets his, his act together. Like, they could be okay, like, but they're going to be terrible this year. They're going to be terrible for the next couple of years. I, I, I'm worried about that. I don't, like, I don't know what their direction I don't, is. I don't get the gym, the, the whole Jim Benning's good at drafting thing. He's I don't get it. not good I mean, at drafting? Yeah. I don't think he's that great. Uh, would you? Would you? Uh, the Panthers have been drafting better than the Canucks in recent years, and in you know, everybody thinks years. the Panthers terrible. So yeah. the Canucks are bad, but they might get Jack Hughes, and that changes a lot. Uh, the Oilers, um, they signed Kyle Brodziak because toughness and Edmonton and Oil Town, right? But they also, I mean, Toby Reader could be good, I guess. Like that's a decent I, for Edmonton. Like I don't think that's a bad bet. Like, because if they're Maybe. bad, then you flip one year, two million. Trade. Yeah, that's fine. But the problem is they still have absolutely nobody in the back end. Their defense they have no one on their team here. They have literally no one on their team. Like, here. they are going to be terrible again. And I will right now tell you that the Arizona Who's... Coyotes will be better than the Edmonton Oilers. And yeah, the, and the I mean, Oilers have Connor freaking McDavid, for Christ's sake. They have. I mean, Adam Larson's a second pair of defensemen. I think Oscar Clefbaum's a two. So you have a two and a four. Chris Russell. Sakara's another four. Russell's a seven. Benning's a seven. Gravel's a seven. Nurse is a six. And who's coming to help them out? And which Cam Talbot are you getting? Yeah, they're they're bad. They're really bad. They're they're really gross. So I'm I'm sorry, Connor. This is what I was talking about. I'm not sorry, Connor. So. Well, oh, well, he's at least with the Oilers. And the last team is the Flames. They gave James Neal the contract that he did, five years, 5.35. They also gave Derek Ryan three years for reasons we don't quite understand. Bill Peters. Bill Peters. I mean, yeah, I mean, you were thinking, like, if Bill Peters I, isn't a very liked head coach, that's three former Carolina remember, Hurricanes that are now playing Calgary. How, how quickly the narrative changes. Because remember, Bill Peters was the Mike Babcock disciple, and he was coming to Carolina, and he was progressive, and he was – he was going to, you know, change the way Carolina did things. And, and, you know, he was the reason their defense was so good. And while they were so good in the neutral zone with the transition, he was behind all of that. And now he sucks and he's only likes grinders. And I mean, it, it's funny how quickly things change uh, with coaches and, and the narrative around them does. It, it probably explains why they're fired so often. Yeah, it does. Well, I mean, like, I don't think on the face of it, they made bad moves. Like I, no, I, don't I don't think, think they're they gonna did. be that I mean, bad. I mean, they have to have. They gotta the, have maybe the only one. Like, like Derek Ryan was stupid, but I, I can't think like Neil's gonna help. Lindholm, I mean, right <laughs> see, now, I would rather I, I'm, I would take Derek Ryan and leave James Neal. I, I wouldn't do that. What they needed, and I mean, I just don't think James Neal is the type of player I go out and. Pay to be well, if you're third. the Flames, that's what you do. <laughs> yeah, I guess you're the yeah. Flames, that's what you do. I like the like next year, dominant. like with Hannafin, and they get like Shillington or Anderson. If they get goaltending, they could be a playoff team. They're not yeah. that terrible, but it's no, just no, like, no, no, no. like what, what, that, like that. what's their plan? Like they, they don't have enough to win the cup. They I like they might have enough to make is, the playoffs. I mean, I think their plan is to get enough playoff revenue this year. 
to kick the can down the road because I think they have to figure out what they want to do with Giordano and Brody's contracts. Well, uh, Giordano's especially got four more years of Glenn this year. Brody has two. Right, and I think they have to kind of figure out what they want to do because it seems like they're they're making a lot of moves around Giordano and Brody, so they either got to do something with them or move them out and do something after them. Well, I also think you could talk about them kicking the can down the road to get a new arena where they actually have money. But if you were kicking the can down the road, why would you trade Dougie Hamilton and not trade Giordano or Brody? Yeah. Well, because apparently the value wouldn't have been as much. We talked about that at another show. Like, again, I could easily see the Flames making the playoffs, but they're also on that precipice of disaster like they were last year. They have one goalie right now, and it's Mike Smith. If you trade for James Reimer, you now have Mike Smith and Mike Smith, other Mike Smith. Who can't play the puck. Mike Smith who can't play the puck. Yeah, that that's the thing. Like they, they they're concerning in these areas. Like I, I think they can make the playoffs. I wouldn't be Reimer, Reimer, But they have and to jump over Kissick for Gillies and Rasmus Anderson. Bad. If if that happened There's my uh or you know what? I'll give you I'll give you happen. one of those uh I mean I think you could get a Reimer for Gillies. I mean I, I they don't John Gillies is an RFA they probably aren't really going to sign or they're going to sign and just keep in the AHL. Uh, like they have, um, I don't think some of the other goalies off the top of my head. That they have, yeah, he's all right. They have um, somebody else, Parsons, Tyler Parsons. Yeah, they do have Tyler Parsons. Good, uh, good shout. And Macy McDonald. Uh, who I think would probably be probably rate out better than John Gillies, uh, especially the way they've, they're playing him and they have played him in the minors. Uh, yeah, so, well, you, you know, we can hope. We can hope. Come on, I think, I, for, think that they would, for him. I think you know Reimer would work. Reimer would work for them. I mean, if you want, if, I mean, they had Brian. They they went and traded for Brian Elliott, who's the same type of block shots, technical, good in the room. I'm, you know, a 1B type goalie. Same with Mike Smith. Same with James Reimer. I mean, they have a they have a type, and they keep looking for that in the trade market. So it's realistic whether it's going to happen or not. I mean, it's just us, us spitballing and trying to force something. So you know, yeah, don't we are an hour and 46 minutes into this show. Yeah, but but it's okay. And uh, the whole thing with this is that that's basically every team, and we hopefully got to them as as much depth as God willing we were. Uh, having uh, brain cells to do. Uh, so I don't think really anything's someone, changed. Someone text me or tweet me the uh, amount of Reimer mentions I, I dropped. So if you, if you, I, if somebody's going to count that, I hope someone does. Tweet it at me as well. Just, at Matt just remember, just remember that Longo's 40 years old and has zero joints or muscles that, you know, are healthy. That work. Oh, man. <laughs> And well, your anyways, only other goalie besides James Reimer, who cannot play in the playoffs, you know, like if, he, if he's playing in the playoffs, you've wasted the whole year in getting into the playoffs. And, uh, you know, your other option is Michael Hutchison, who may or may not pass through waivers to even start the year. Uh, and, you know, other than that, it's your 22-year-old goalie, Sam Montembeau, yeah. who, you know what, play him at this point because no one else is. Play the kids. Great. Hashtag play the kids. Uh, yeah, well, the lessons we learned in this show, 
The Leafs are going to lose to the Panthers in the first round of the playoffs next year in my ideal universe. And uh, there are some NHL teams like the Sabres and Cody's that are now better than they were, and the Canucks and the Senators are absolutely garbage. And Dan Rosen, to say that the Florida Panthers have no center depth that of mention when talking about John Tavares and Austin Matthews and the McDavid Drysdale and just I'm totally sorry. skipping the Florida Panthers. I'm sorry. Uh, you know what, Dan I, I don't know how you can't go for a conversation of teams with best center depth in league and not mention the Florida Panthers. I, I think he I specifically, I think he specifically like mentioned the Florida Panthers like I'm passing over them in the division because they're not like I, it was that okay. bad. Important like, it was, question. Important question. I don't know if you would, from just a pure hockey sense, would take them over some of the centers that are in their division because we know hockey fans. I think that they have the best center depth in the division. Well, when you go top to bottom, and I know a lot of people are going to say, what the hell are you talking about? Just the first two. I mean, Barkov and Trocek, I'd take them and go against anybody. You know why? You know why? Because you got two different types of centers. You got a righty, you got a lefty. You got big, you got... The best defensive center in the league. You got a puck ragger, you got a puck mover. You got someone who moves moves the puck quick. He maybe has his puck on his stick a minute in the entire game, and he plays 20 minutes. Because every time he touches the puck, it's right off. That's Barkov. You have Trocek, who will hold the puck on his stick for a full minute with guys draped all over him. Because he's and that he type also of piss the hell you know, out like, of you. And and they're both guys who again, one's at five nine, the other's what four seven five or something like that. Like in their through their prime window, especially scoring rates, guys who are in the high seventies right now. That's better than per- they have Barkov five more years, uh, four more years at five point nine, and Trocheck at four more years for four point seven five. Yep. We might have ragged on the previous administration and the Florida Panthers. For a lot of things, and they did a lot of things wrong. But the one thing you can say they did, they signed some really dang good contracts. Because the Barkov and Trocek contracts are insanely good. Like, if the they Panthers did. win anything in the next couple of years, it's because Barkov and Trocek are making about, in Barkov's case, half of what he should make. In Trocek's case, probably about. Yeah, and, 50, and, here's, and here's the thing, Florida Panthers fans. So when you're telling me. Why are you so concerned about Reimer possibly starting the playoffs? And it's because you have four more years of Barkov at this total. Because after these four years, I guarantee you Barkov is not going to be taking this gap. I guarantee nope. you He's making Trocek is not. with 11 or 12. And you know you're hoping. The Panthers, you're they're going to have to sign them. Yeah, yeah. And you know like, what? That's... These are two. These are, like, so you got to make 22. it happen. you got to make it happen in, four, in like four or five years. years. They've got four years. That's yeah. enough time. Yeah, it's, it's definitely enough time, but you, you you can't be saying, okay, well, next year, if everything goes well, but Luongo gets hurt, oh, well, we'll wait till next year. Nope. You know Luongo has an issue. Two years in a row, he's barely played 40 games. Two years in a row. That is that is like 20 games for most other goalies because of how much he usually plays and how much he wants to play and plays through injury. And with his age, you can't, like, you have to go into the year thinking he's the backup. Period. And uh, hope. This is the summer podcast that we'll talk about yeah. in this in this way, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you got to be thinking about. That's what they need to be thinking about. That's what Florida fans need to be thinking about because that's the only thing left to focus on. The forwards look great. The forward, they the have... prospects, the forward prospects look good enough for right now. The defense looks pretty good. Maybe there's a tweak. Maybe maybe that tweak comes later in the year. 
but you know it looks pretty good it they've hit what we want to do the goalies you know it's just that one little spot but that one spot is like the most important spot on the roster and that's your starting goalie in the most important time of the year who plays every minute of every game uh you want to make sure that you have that covered and it's not somebody who 50 50 is probably not playing because he's hurt 17 back-to-backs this year for the Florida Panthers. 17 yep. back-to-backs. Yep. And maybe, and... you know, maybe they're, you don't, I, you know, maybe they want to use Reimer completely different than how we're thinking. Maybe they want to have Reimer play 60 games in the regular season, Longo play 20, and then just, you know, kind of just have Longo play, you know, 10 of his 20 at the end of the year, like in a row, and get ready for the playoffs. You never know what they want to do. Maybe I'm talking on my ass. Who knows? I think that's not a terrible idea. But like, if you're gonna so if you're gonna split them, they have play Weimer early and play Luongo late, get him ready, and then have Luongo ready for the playoffs. But like, because we no. know we know that if Luongo's playing at his best, even at this age, he can steal a series. You have to. Yep. You have to proactively figure out a way to better ensure your goalie Luongo as much as you possibly yeah. or, can, or or have a goalie you're pretty confident in playing in the playoffs if he goes down. And the way Talents talked and the way the Panthers acted last season, it does not seem to be James Reimer, and I also agree with that. I don't disagree with that as well, but as I said, like, this team... Nothing personal to the person. No, Seems of course like a really not. Great guy. Like, I love I the vibe. James Reimer, the guy, is great. I just love don't know whether he's the goalie that could take this Panthers team to where it needs to be and where it could go. Again... The, the Panthers did everything they needed to do. They did it quietly. They did it without a fuss. And it's done now. And they're in a position where, yes, you could expect them to make the playoffs. And they can make noise in the playoffs. Uh, we said it off the top. This is a team next year that I want to see every single day Bob Bugner, Dale Talon, somebody from the organization, even if it's Vinny Viola coming into the room and saying, we know you're better than the guys in front of you. Go out and prove it every night. They can do it. And I think they would accept that. So there are yeah. some people in that room who really like that challenge. Vincent yeah. Trocek's one of them. And Jonathan Huberto is probably another. Like, they want the challenge. And I think that they know now that what they are capable of. They, they saw it at the end of last season. That's what, if the Panthers look like that, they know what they're capable of. This is an Eastern Conference where there's a lot of imbalance. And the best teams are really good. And then there's a lot of meh behind them. They have a chance to make noise. All you have to do is get into the dance. And the Panthers, that's been their problem. But this year, the odds are in their favor that they're going to get in the dance. And they have a team to get in the dance. Here's the thing. No one thinks they're still any good. They're going to have to go out and prove it. You know what I mean? And they're going to have to go out and prove it consistently over the year. But when you've got 12 games against Tampa and Boston and Toronto that are going to be high spotlight games, and you can prove it in those 12 games, and you get to fatten up on the back end of the Atlantic, which is garbage, you can do some things. As we said, starts incredibly important this year. They absolutely have to start fast. And if they can, then this team with this group in the playoffs, some of them having already been there and having gone through what they went through three years ago, this is not a necessarily a green team. There are young players. But then there's also, we also assume the top six is going to be great. Then there's the wild cards, you know, Tippett and Borgstrom and other guys. There's potential that this team could be even better. We've said it. Be excited, be optimistic, and really be excited that the Panthers didn't do anything stupid in free agency, because they often do. But 
there is there's a lot to be excited about and i think that this team is going to be ready for the challenges that are going to come their way this year like this is the most optimistic i think we've been about the panthers in multiple years and i don't think even Tavares going to toronto doesn't change that i can't say it any better so i won't thank you for listening long podcast well but uh thanks for hanging in before, of course, thank you for hanging in. Thank you for listening. We're almost at two hours on the clock, but I do want to say uh, we will not be going away. We're going to have some ideas we're kicking around, interviews and other cool things to do for the podcast before we get to hockey really starting again in September. We're not going to the cottage like all the insiders do on Twitter. We're going to kick around some ideas. We're going to think of some stuff, and then we're going to push through. And trust me, we're talking some things out, and we're going to put some of it into action, and I think you're going to enjoy some of what we have to uh plan for you going forward so stay tuned for that for the rest of the summer uh and if any other crazy moves happens you know we'll still talk about it and if not well we'll spend a podcast talking about the springfield thunderbirds because i know tommy wants to do that that i want to do i feel like if i don't do it no one's gonna do it you are correct and that's why we have why hockey so we can do these things we are a public service to you the listeners never Ed wichita Defenseman turned forward for the Springfield Thunderbirds is going to the KHL, but don't worry. They brought back Tony Turgeon, their other defenseman who plays forward and gets a ton of penalty minutes and got suspended about, for performance-enhancing supplements. What about what about Colton Saucerman? That's the only player that matters. If nothing. Nothing on him. I don't even want us to talk about it because they're bringing in literally Paul Thompson. and They can't bring back Colton Saucerman. Uh, I, I got no words for them. No time for them either, if that's the case. I'll go back to Manchester and give my money to the Monarchs instead of going to the Thunderbirds. Kidding me? Uh, yeah, oh. New Hampshire resident, Tommy Krulikowski. Give me, give me that sauce. Give me a sauce. Give me that beer. Oh, it's beautiful. Happy, happy 4th of July. Give me that sauce. <laughs>